This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 112. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. So for today's episode, as usual on Sunday, I do the news and rumors from the four major camera company rumor sites, Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. So let's see what we have in store for us this week. Let's do this! All right, first up, patent. Canon RF 35-135mm to mm f2.8 and other fast zoom lenses. Canon News has uncovered a patent showing optical formulas for fast RF zoom lenses, likely of the L variety. The purpose of the patent is to showcase a high-performance zoom lens design. Of the three embodiments in this patent, only the RF 35 to 135 2.8 seems like a design that has a slight chance of becoming a consumer product. The three lens designs that were discovered are the RF 35 to 135 f 2.8 with a focal length of 35.39 millimeters, 69 millimeters, and 132.93 millimeters. The F number is 2.85 throughout. Half angle of view is 31.44 degrees, 17.41 degrees, and 9.24 degrees. Image height is 21.64 throughout. Total lens length is 173.35 millimeters, 186.83 millimeters, and 203.35 millimeters. The back focus is 17.95 millimeters, 27.32 millimeters, and 34.01 millimeters. The second lens in this patent that was discovered is the Canon RF 40-150 2.8. Focal length is 40.06 millimeters, 69 millimeters, and 147.97 millimeters. F number is 2.85 throughout. Half angle of view is 28.37 degrees, 17.41 degrees, and 8.32 degrees. With an image height of 21.64 millimeters throughout. Total lens length is 173.35 millimeters, 191.43 millimeters, and 218.30 millimeters. The back focus is 17.98 millimeters, 26.04 millimeters, and 38.94 millimeters. And the third lens in this patent discovery is the Canon RF 32-110 millimeter f2.8. Focal length is 30.99 millimeters, 69.00 millimeters, and 109.92 millimeters. F number again is F2.85 throughout. Half angle of view is 34.92 degrees, 17.41 degrees, and 11.13 degrees. Image height is 21.64 millimeters throughout. Total lens length, 173.09 millimeters, 189.92 millimeters, and 203.35 millimeters. The back focus is 17.95 millimeters, 28.25 millimeters, and 
seven millimeters. And of course, I'll include a link to all the articles in the show notes so you can check them out for yourself. These are definitely some intriguing possible designs. Now, remember, these are just possibilities. Uh, just because a camera company files a patent for a lens formula doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to become a reality. All we'll, all we'll have to do is wait and see as 2021 approaches. Next, hot refurbished RF 24-70 f2.8L IS USM and RF 70-200 f2.8L IS USM available for the first time. Canon USA has made available refurbished versions of these two lenses for the first time in their online store. The RF 24-70 is normally $22.99, but you can get a refurbished one for $17.58. The RF 70-200 2.8L is normally $26.99, but you can get a refurbished one for $2,064. The Canon USA store offers a full one-year warranty on all refurbished gear. There are more than 20 copies of each lens available at the time of this article, which was December 12th, so you're definitely going to want to jump on it because as I've warned you time and time again in past episodes, the Canon online store, USA store, does tend to sell out of refurbished gear extremely quickly, especially camera bodies and L-series lenses. So if you want to get one of these for a good deal, now's the time to pull the trigger. Next up, patent for a zoom teleconverter, 1.0 times to 1.5 times to 2 times. Canon News has uncovered a patent showing a really cool idea from Canon, a zooming teleconverter. We've had teleconverters for a long time, but this is the first time I've seen or thought about a teleconverter that zooms. This teleconverter can be switched between 1.0x, 1.5x, and 2x. This teleconverter doesn't appear to have the same sort of design as the current teleconverters as the element doesn't protrude into the lens as it is attached to it. This could this sort of TC or teleconverter be for folks with lenses such as the RF 7200 F2.8 LIS USM that cannot take the current RF teleconverters? We'll have to wait and see on this one as the patent doesn't contain a whole lot of detail. If Canon can make this compatible with lenses that the tele current teleconverters cannot, this will certainly sell. So that would definitely get me excited because that was one of my big grumblings is why when Canon released their RF teleconverters, they made them specifically only for the 600 and the 800 F11 lenses. And I think it maybe worked with one other lens, I can't remember, but it wasn't compatible with uh, the 50 millimeter L or the 24 to 105 L. It just didn't make any sense because in the EF world, their tele teleconverters worked with pretty much all of their L glass. And uh, it just seemed weird to me that they would exclude so much of their L glass from these new teleconverters. So we'll have to wait and see if this comes true. I don't know. I'm a little bit leery myself just because, like he said, we've never seen or even heard of a Zoom teleconverter. So whether or not that's even feasible, <laughs> I have no idea. Next, industry news, Leica announces their first true hybrid mirrorless camera, the Leica SL2-S. This press release is from December 10th, 2020, introducing the new Leica SL2S, the perfect solution for anyone seeking outstanding imaging performance in both photography and video production from Leica. 
with its 24 megapixel CMOS BSI sensor and two separate recording modes for photos and videos. The Leica SL2S offers the best of both mediums in one all-metal state-of-the-art body for long-term durability. The Leica SL2S expands the multifaceted SL system with a versatile full-frame camera that serves as the ideal option for creatives who seek the Leica look in both still and motion pictures. With its high-speed shooting at continuous burst rates of up to 25 frames per second at full resolution and its pro-level cinema capabilities encompassing, encompassing 10-bit 4K and sign uh, 4K video, with no recording length limits, the SL2S is the ideal choice to capture brilliant photographs and cinematic videos through an intuitive camera that is built to last. The high-quality image sensor, the core element of the Leica SL2S, is the newly developed backside illuminated CMOS full-frame image sensor with a resolution of 24 megapixels. The data collected by the sensor is quickly processed by the camera's Maestro 3 processor in conjunction with the generous 4GB buffer memory. This, for the first time, enables endless continuous shooting at up to 9 frames per second, where the burst length in JPEG format is only limited by the capacity of the memory cards in the camera's dual UHS-2 card slots. The Leica SL2S features a stabilized image sensor, sensor which provides a highly efficient multi-axis image stabilization to be used with any Leica lens mounted to the body for a steadier shot yielding sharper results when choosing slower shutter speeds. This sensor shift technology also enables multi-shot capturing, automatically combining eight shots into one image with a four-fold resolution of 96, 96 megapixels. The high sensitivity of up to ISO 100,000 combined with fast autofocus in-body image stabilization enables photographers to capture excellent images in all kinds of environments in even the dimmest of light. The Leica SL2S is the first SL model to enable direct tethered shooting with Capture 121. This gives users the option for full remote control of the camera via the computer through the chosen software of of many professional photographers and digital techs. In addition, the SL2S can also be tethered to Adobe Photoshop Lightroom Classic for seamless integration to Adobe, Adobe's widely popular photographic workflow application. An extended 90-day trial of the Adobe Creative Cloud Photography plan is included when purchasing the camera. The Leica SL2S shares many core attributes as its sibling model, the SL2, such as unique operating concept and high-resolution Leica iRes viewfinder, and utilizes the SL2's full accessory range. The equally robust all-metal SL2S also features weather sealing with a certified IP54 rating against dust and spray water, endlessly shooting and video recording without overheating, and is produced in Germany to the highest quality standards. The Leica SL2S provides not just photographers, but also videographers and cinematographers with outstanding possibilities, which are continuously optimized via the firmware updates released for the SL system cameras on an ongoing basis. The Leica SL2S captures 10-bit 422 video with Leica's L-Log Gamma Profile, at frame rates of up to 60 frames per second, ensuring the best quality color reproduction and sharpest results. Thanks to the integrated viewing LUTs or lookup tables, the user will have full control for optimal color quality and post-processing grading throughout the recording. 
Another pro-level trait is the camera's unlimited video recording time, meaning the video length is only limited by the SD card or external storage capacity. Through future firmware developments, the camera will also support the highly efficient HEVC video compression standard for internal 10-bit recordings up to 4K 60p directly to SD card. This will also allow videos to be split into one-minute segments to minimize the risk of data loss. Other enhanced features such as an integrated waveform monitor and automatic follow focus will be added with the next firmware update for further enhancing the camera's suitability for professional applications and long-term use. Uh, let's see, limited, limitless capability. Being equipped with the L-mount makes the Leica SL2S fully compatible with not just the SL system's extensive lens portfolio, but also with APS-C TL lenses via adapter. Lenses from the Leica M, R, and S system are adaptable as well. The L-mount alliance provides SL2S owners with access to over 40 autofocus lenses from Leica and Alliance Partners. In addition, light sin lenses, which are highly coveted among filmmakers around the world, can also be adapted to the Leica SL2S. The complete dual-purpose package. All the new features of the Leica SL2S, along with its established and well-regarded inherited qualities stemming from the Leica SL2, make this camera the perfect all-rounder for still photography and cinematic videography. The latest developments and technological innovations combine seamlessly with the unique build, design, and user interface, making the SL2S the fastest and most widely capable camera from Leica. The Leica SL2S is on sale starting today at authorized Leica dealers from $4,895. So while this is definitely an impressive camera, Leica does make fantastic cameras. I personally think they're a bit overpriced since I think their cheapest camera ever is around $5,000 and they go up from there. But it is an interesting looking design and the, the Leica SL2 series, uh, SL series is extremely popular. Uh, there's some intriguing images of the camera which are part of this article and of course you can check it out for yourself in the show notes. I'm sure this camera will be a fairly popular hybrid camera. Next, the first Canon RF 70-200 F4L ISUSM shipment appears to have been delayed. When Canon officially announced the Canon RF 70-200 F4L ISUSM and the Canon RF 50mm F1.8 STM, both lenses were scheduled to be available in early to mid-December. While the RF 51.8 has begun shipping, we're still waiting on the RF 70-200 F4. It now appears the first shipment of the new lens will not happen until January 28, 2021, according to many retailers, including Adorama. There is no word on what is causing the delay. It's just a sign of the times, I think. So I do agree with that. It's probably has to do with the ongoing pandemic situation, which is really messing up everything for everybody. Uh, but at least we do know that this F4 lens is on the way sometime in the near future. And we will just have to be patient until it officially ships. And finally, last up from Canon Rumors for this week, Capture One launches Capture One 21. Copenhagen, December 8th, 2020, Capture One, the premier name in photo editing software, celebrates the release of the newest version, Capture One 21. 
Linking our heritage to our future, this new version of Capture One reimagines the relationship between form and function to create a seamless bond between creator and creation. Combining its best love elements like personalized workspaces and powerful color editor with new and exciting features like speed edit for immersive editing and dehaze to improve atmospheric conditions, Capture One 21 brings a new type of user experience, one that helps creators push the boundaries of their creativity by removing distraction and making it easy to exploit one's creative potential. Carrying on the tradition of development driven by user feedback, Capture 121 is rooted in developing solutions to current challenges and anticipating tomorrow's needs. With new pro standard color profiles, Capture 121 introduces color technology that preserves authentic colors to overcome the challenge of unwanted hue changes when applying adjustments. And new HEIC support means Capture One is ready to work with cameras of today and tomorrow. It is also now easier than ever to learn Capture One with enhanced tooltips and easy access to tutorials right from within the software. Complementing the suite of new features are improvements to current ones, bringing faster asset management and improved importer to make organization effortless and quick. Furthering its commitment to providing unparalleled raw processing and tethering with more than 500 different camera models, Capture One is delighted to launch a new collaborative with Leica Camera AG to bring industry-leading tethering support to a growing catalog of Leica cameras, starting off with the Leica SL2 and S3. Quote, Capture 121 bridges our heritage to the future, carrying forward the achievements of our team and the creative community we are inspired by, says uh, Jan Heidelbrandt Larson, VP Product Management, CPO at Capture One. Quote, we understand that art and taste don't stop evolving, so we provide performance that won't stop advancing. We are very excited about Capture 121 and look forward to seeing what photographers create with it and to embrace new generations of creatives. End quote. New features and tools in Capture 121, Speed Edit, revolutionize how fast you edit photos. Speed Edit lets you work seamlessly without touching a slider on the interface. Simply hold down selected Hotkeys and scroll, drag, or use the arrow keys to make rapid edits. You can even adjust multiple photos at once for the fastest ever batch edit. Dehaze. Eliminate haze in the most undesirable atmospheric weather conditions with the ease of moving one slider. The groundbreaking new dehaze tool keeps analytic algorithms to assess and automatically adjust contrast, saturation, and a matrix of other parameters to remove haze and reveal the image you want. Faster asset management. Get seamless asset management with increased power and speed. It's now faster than ever to import, search, and browse photos in catalogs and sessions. Improved importer. With better selection, high-resolution thumbnails, and faster importing, it's smoother, easier, and quicker to select images directly in the importer and call the ones you don't want. Plus, import images from different folders all at once. Enhanced tooltips. The onboarding experience and familiarization with Capture One is now smooth, the smoothest it has ever been thanks to the new enhanced tooltips. Navigate the Capture One interface with ease. Simply hover over a tool for a quick explanation of how it works and links for more learning. Enable or disable them in the preferences as you see fit. Learn. It's never been easier to get started and master Capture One. Together with the enhanced tooltips, the new Learn button allows users to quickly access a curated selection of tutorials designed to help you learn step-by-step step, right from within the software and immediately put new skills into practice. 
With support for HEIC files 8-bit, you can now edit photos from your Apple devices and more in Capture One. Pro Standard Profiles. Stay true to real life with the most authentic colors yet using the new color science technology and the new Pro Standard Profiles. These new camera profiles overcome the challenge of unwanted color shifts while making adjustments, protecting hues from changes caused by contrast. This is a true game changer for portrait and product photography and any image that relies on authentic color. Available for select camera models that can be found at support.captureone.com. Easy brush editing. It's now possible to easily change the size, hardness, opacity, and flow of any brush by using modifier keys and a mouse or trackpad or pen, removing the need to right-click. Capture One in Leica. Unlike other RAW processors, Capture One's camera profiles are uniquely developed for each specific camera model, a process that requires the use of the camera in and out of a controlled lab in Copenhagen, where a team of specialists engage new, each new model in various scenarios. They then evaluate all the performance parameters, such as color, sharpness, and noise across hundreds of images and uses that data to deliver a truly tailored profile, which ultimately provides the best post-processing experience. Capture 121 brings this level of support to a growing list of Leica cameras and for the first time brings tethering capabilities to those models as well. You can read all about Capture 121 at CaptureOne.com. New camera and lens support, Capture One provides users with the most accurate and powerful image editing available, and the wide-ranging support of cameras and lenses is a hallmark of the software. For enthusiasts and professionals alike, Capture One continually evolves to handle the newest cameras and lenses. Capture One carefully evaluates and interprets each camera's RAW formats, allowing Capture One to present images with the utmost fidelity, often bringing out nuances that other programs cannot even perceive. Currently offering raw support for more than 500 cameras, Capture One also provides profiling and image correction support for more than 500 lenses. As with the raw file interpretation, Capture One carefully measures the optical characteristics of each supported lens and builds correction algorithms that compensate for the various optical imperfections of various designs. As a result, Capture One can correct for numerous common optical issues such as vignette and chromatic aberration as needed for each of the supported lenses, providing you with the best version of your image possible. And they are always adding support for the newest camera bodies and lenses. Capture One 21 release date was December 8th, 2020. Capture One is available as a perpetual license or subscription. The Capture One Pro 21 perpetual license is $299. Upgrades from select previous generations starting at $159. Subscription starting at $20 a month. Capture One 21 for Nikon, Capture One 21 for Sony, and Capture One 21 for Fujifilm. A perpetual license is 129. Upgrades from select previous generations starting at 109, and a subscription starting at 999 a month. For a complete list of all products and licensing options, visit CaptureOne.com/store. And for a 30-day full-feature free trial of Capture One 21, you can visit CaptureOne.com/download. So this is definitely some exciting news. I have not upgraded to Capture One 21 yet myself. I do have Capture One uh, Pro 20 perpetual license at this time. And I will, of course, be upgrading to version 21 because I absolutely love Capture One software. Now, the main reason why I had uh, switched to the Capture One software is because of the fact that it handles 
the Fuji RAW files so much better than Lightroom does. And I'm not saying that to be mean to Adobe or anything like that. But if you do a little bit of Google searching, you'll find that most anybody that's worth their salt or reputation will tell you that Capture One hands down handles Fujifilm RAW files better than any other program on the planet. And since I have the GFX 50R, that is why I use Capture One. Now, the one thing that does bother me about Capture One that they have not added yet, and I don't understand why, I've sent feedback to them a couple of times on this, is for some reason, Okay, so if you used Lightroom, if you've used that, and let's say you geotag your images like I do for my Forgotten Pieces of Georgia project, when you import your RAW files into Lightroom, I geotag with my Canon EOS R using the external hot shoe mounted uh, Canon GPS unit because the GFX 50R can only geotag if you link it with your phone, and I don't like doing that. So what I used to do with Lightroom is I would import the files into Lightroom and I would take uh, the Canon RAW files and I would sync over their GPS data, the geolocation data to the Fuji RAW files of the same buildings. And then I would have the geotagging in the Fuji RAW files. And I don't know why, but Capture One, even though it does support geotagged files, does not allow you to copy the geotag information from one RAW file to another. And that's something they really need to add to that software. I don't understand why they haven't done it already, but it is definitely something that they need to add to that software as soon as possible. And that would make me extremely happy. All right. And now we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with Nikon rumors for this week. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. You can visit the homepage for the show at liamphotographypodcast.com for show notes and links. You can call or text the show at 470-294-8191 with questions, comments, or requests for future episodes. If you prefer not to call or text, you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. Also, check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, and you can find us on Twitter at LiamPhotoATL. On Twitter, you can tweet the show, just insert the hashtag LiamPhotoPodcast. And now, back to the show. And we're back, so let's move on to Nikon rumors for this week. DxO holiday season offer up to 30% off Nike Collection 3, Photolab 4, Film Pack 5, and Viewpoint 3. DxO introduced a new holiday season offer where you can get up to 30% off on all DxO software. And as I mentioned, it's the following, uh, the previously mentioned programs, the Nike Collection 3, DxO Photolab 4, DxO Film Pack 5, and Viewpoint 3. Uh, let's see here. The Night Collection 3 is $99 on sale from $149, or if you're upgrading, you can get it for $59 instead of $79. The new DxO Photolab 4 if, uh, on sale for the Elite Edition is $149, down from $199. If you're upgrading, it's $69 instead of $89. The DxO Film Pack 5, uh, let's see here, is down to $99 from its original price of $129 for the Elite Edition. And if you're upgrading, it's $49 instead of $69. The DxO Viewpoint 3 software is $49, normally $79, and 
for uh, $34.99 if you're upgrading instead of $49. The ongoing sale includes purchases and upgrades. This offer will expire on December 31st at 11.59 p.m. CET. DxO also released Photolab 4.1 with support for Apple M1 silicon chips. So that's definitely exciting to see that DxO is already preparing their software for the new Apple M1 processors or Apple Silicon. So definitely some exciting news there, and you got some time to get in on these deals you have until December 31st. October SEPA numbers, the best, best months so far this year. SEPA, Camera and Imaging Products Association in Japan, published their camera production data for October 2020. Orange is 2020, black is 2019, and blue is 2018. And you can click the images for a larger view. So as you can see from the charts in 2020, sales are definitely down considerably in comparison to the previous two years, but they did spike up in October. So it does look like there's a bit of an uptick and that is good for all of the camera companies. Uh, DSLR units grew by almost 95,000 units as compared to September. Mirrorless units grew by almost 50,000 units, best month of 2020 so far in every DSLR and mirrorless category. Cumulative mirrorless shipped value is now 235% of DSLR shipped volume, or value, I'm sorry. At the current pace, the total Interchangeable lens camera bodies in 2020 will be 4.84 million to 4.94 million units. It was 8.46 in 2019, 10.76 in 2018, and 11.68 million in 2017. Year-to-date, all comparisons to Japan are January to October 2019. DSLR units, 1.9 million, down 50%. DSLR shipped value, 77 billion yen, down 48%. Mirrorless units, 2.2 million, down 30%. Mirrorless shipped value, 181 billion yen, down 21% year-to-date. Compact units, 2.88 million, down 50%. Compact shipped value, 62 billion yen, down 44%. Lenses for smaller than 35 millimeter units, 4.3 million, down 45%. Lenses for smaller than 35 millimeter ship value, 60.9 billion yen, or down 43% year to date. Lenses for 35 millimeter and larger units, 2.85 million, down 31%. Lenses for 35 and larger ship value, 139 billion yen, or down 31% year to date. Mirrorless unit share of mirrorless plus DSLR, 53.9%, was 45.2 January to October of 2019. Mirrorless shipped value share, 70.2%, was 60.6% January to October 2019. The ratio of lenses shipped to bodies shipped is 1.73 for January to October 2020. It was only 1.70 January to October 2019. List of participating SIPA camera companies can be found at the link in this article, which, of course, you can find in the show notes for this episode. Next up, the Nikkor Z14-24 F2.8 S in stock in the U.S., Nikkor Z50 F1.2 S in stock in the U.K., plus 14-24 millimeter filter solutions. The Nikkor Z14-24 f2.8 S lens is now in stock in the U.S. at Adorama and Amazon. The Nikkor Z50 f1.2 S lens is now in stock in the U.K. at Park Cameras. 
There are also some new filter solutions for the Nikkor Z14-24 2.8S lens. Here is the updated list. Nikon also has two new 112mm filters for the 14-24. to Nisi is now selling their 112mm circular NC ND1000 filters. Uh, Nisi is also selling a 100mm filter holder. Just announced the H and Y filter holder adapter for the Nikkor Z14-24 2.8S. Just announced the Canny 100mm square filter holder set for the Nikon Z14-24S. And coming soon to the U.S., Hadaya M10 filter holder for this lens. You can check on Amazon. Previous coverage of the new Nikkor Z14-24 2.8S lens can be found in a related article in the show notes. Nikon Z72 camera and Nikkor Z51.2 S lens are now shipping. The new Nikon Z72 camera, the Nikkor Z50mm 1.2 S, and the Nikon HB94 lens hood, the Nikon WR-R11A-WRR11B-T10 wireless remote controllers are now shipping in Europe and to NPS members in the U.S. And as usual, Photo Hans uh, Ken's Camp is one of the first stores to get stock. And there's a whole bunch of accompanying images. Uh, you can check the Nikon Z72 availability at Photo Hans, uh, Kezcamp, Adorama, B&H, Amazon, Wex, Park, Calumet, and uh, Camera Canada. Check Nikkor Z51.2S availability at all of the same locations. The Nikkor WR-11A uh, 11B slash T10 is available at Adorama, B&H Park, and Calumet. The Nikon HB94 lens hood is available at Adorama. Next up, Viltrox 85mm f1.8Z full-frame autofocus lens for Nikon Z-mount now in stock. Exclusive 10% off coupon code included. The previously rumored Viltrox 85mm f1.8Z full-frame autofocus mirrorless lens for Nikon Z-mount will be officially announced tomorrow, which was December 10th, but the lens is already in stock at Amazon US. On Amazon US, get 10% off with the code 10JOXMXV. It is available on Amazon UK and Amazon Canada, but the 10% off is only in Amazon US. The U.S. price is $399 compared to $696 for the Nikkor Z85 f1.8S lens after a $100 rebate. Viltrox lenses are sold also at Adorama, B&H, and Pergear, but the new lens is not listed yet. You can also use the coupon code NikonRumors for 10% off at the official Viltrox online store. Update 1, I confirmed that the 10JOXMXV coupon code works on Amazon US, cannot test it on Amazon UK or Canada. Uh, update 2, here are the first sample, sample images taken with the new Viltrox 85mm f1.8Z lens. And there's some interesting and beautiful images in the samples. Additional information on the Viltrox lens. Type 85mm f1.8, lens construction 10 elements in 7 groups, focal length is 85mm, max aperture is f1.8, minimum aperture is f16, number of blades 9, rounded diaphragm opening, focus range approximately 80cm to infinity, 
external dimensions 0.80 millimeters times 92 millimeters weight excluding caps and hoods approximately 540 grams the filter size is 72 millimeters and of course this link will be in the show notes so that you can check out this new viltrox lens and all the details for yourself and last for Nikon rumors for this week, Adobe December 2020 release includes Nikon Z6 II and Z7 II RAW file support. In addition to the new Capture 121, today Adobe also released several updates that include the Nikon Z6 II and 7 II RAW file support. The latest camera support has been added. The latest lens support has also been added. Lightroom from I for iOS and Lightroom for Android and Adobe Camera RAW 13.1. Lightroom is now a native Apple M1 app. Quote, today we've released updates for Camera Raw and Lightroom Classic, as well as Lightroom for Windows, Mac, Android, Chrome OS, iOS, and iPadOS. In addition to supporting the latest cameras and lenses, Lightroom is now a native Apple M1 and WinArm app. The latest Adobe CC subscription plan rates can be found on their website. A free trial to Lightroom CC is available, no credit card required. More information on the different Lightroom uh, versions is available on the site, and the different Adobe Creative Cloud options are also described there. For Adobe alternatives, check out the latest products from Topaz Labs, Skylum, Capture One, DxO, uh, Francis, and On One. So that, of course, is some exciting news for the folks that have already uh, ordered or have already received their Nikon Z6 or Z7 II, that now the Adobe software fully supports the RAW files. That's definitely exciting. And it's not all that surprising to me that Lightroom is also, Lightroom and Photoshop are also fully supporting the new Apple Silicon M1 processor as well. Um, it's like I said when I did my episode on Apple Silicon, I figured Adobe would be one of the first adopters uh, simply because of the fact that they've already been developing Lightroom and Photoshop on the iPad. So they've already been developing versions of their software for Apple Silicon, and it wouldn't be very hard or take very long for them to convert it over to the M1 Silicon chip as well. And now they have officially done that. So definitely exciting news, especially if you're one of the lucky folks that has been able to go ahead and purchase a new MacBook or Mac Mini that has the Apple M1 Silicon processor. All right, next up, let's move on over to Fuji rumors. First up, Fujifilm XS10, first look and comparison with the Sony a7C. Big head... Uh, Big Head Taco posted his Fujifilm XS10 first impressions and compares it to the Sony a7C, but also adds some comparison comparison thoughts with the Fujifilm X-T30, Fujifilm X-H1, and the X-T200. As he shared an XS10 shooting impressions, as well as more detailed comparison of the XS10 versus the a7C for vlogging. You'll find the first minute video in, in summary in the show and the format below, as well as all of the videos. And I'm not going to go through all of these points. There's a, an extensive list here of all the items that he talks about in the video. And you can play the video for yourself directly from his YouTube channel. It'll be in the show notes for this episode on this article subsection. 
Next up, let's go manual. Seven Artisans 35mm f0.95, Suru 50mm f1.8, 1.33x, Anamorphic, Per Gear 35mm f1.2, Lawa 65mm f2.8, 2 times macro, and more. Here is a roundup dedicated to third-party manual focus lenses for the Fujifilm X system. You'll find a wide coverage of various lenses. Damien is surely one of the most active YouTubers covering third-party glass. But there is also Jonas Rask with a review about the new 7 Artisans 35mm f0.95 and other lenses. The 7 Artisans 35mm f0.95 can be bought at B&H Photo and Amazon US. Uh, there's a link for the Pergear 35mm f1.2, the Ciro 50mm f1.8 anamorphic, and the Laos 65mm f2.8 macro, which can be bought at the Venus Optics Store, B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. And there are several YouTube videos in here for all of these various lenses, and I'll include this article, of course, in the show notes so that you can check them all out for yourself if you're a Fuji X shooter or if you're just curious. Next up, Nikon F-mount, the Fujifilm X-mount, smart AF adapter, new features, and coming soon. Follow, uh, let's see, new features of the Fringer NF to, a, uh, to FX adapter, LACA correction. Uh, Fringer NFFX Nikon F-mount to Fujifilm X-mount smart adapter will be released soon. Today, we'd like to uh, like to introduce an interesting feature of the adapter, i.e. LACA correction. LACA correction stands for lateral chromatic aberration is resulting from a difference of image scale in different wavelengths of red, green, and blue light. Uh, LACA causes color fringes at high contrast edges of the image. When we shoot raw, LACA can be easily removed by post-processing. However, a key feature of Fujifilm cameras is their film simulations. In other words, we usually use the JPEG files directly out of the camera with few post-processing. When using native X-mount lenses, there is no problem since Fujifilm cameras will correct all the LACA automatically, but when using adapted lenses, LACA becomes a problem. Fringer NF to FX has a built-in LACA correction profile database for all the lenses that have been tested and optimized, and you can see the list from the article in the show notes. When shooting JPEGs, the adapter will provide the LACA correction profile of current lenses to the camera automatically. The later will use that profile to correct LACA when generating JPEG pictures. Finally, user gets a JPEG photo directly out of the camera, which is LACA free. And you can see that in the following example images. And of course, uh, this article will be in the show notes. We have used two different adapter firmware, one without lens profile and one with it, to take similar photos. Please see the results below. The 100% crops clearly show how the effect of lateral chromatic aberration correction is. Infringer EF uh, FX adapters begin with firmware 2.50 of the first generation. We have included lens profiles for selected lens models. In Fringer NF to FX, we have included that for all lenses. It's the first time that a third-party smart adapter can do that. Fringer NF to FX will hit the market soon. You may expect it at the end of this month or early next month. So that is definitely some exciting news for anybody out there that wants to use their Nikon F-mount lenses on their Fuji X-mount cameras.
Next up, last hour, save up to 45% on SanDisk UHS-1, UHS-2 SD memory cards. Now, I did check out this deal because the article is from December 11th and the sale is still going on, so you can still get in on it. Uh, you can save up to $120 on selected SanDisk SD cards, SanDisk 256 gigabyte Extreme Pro UH, UHS-1 SDX memory cards, save 45% with coupon applied in the cart. The SanDisk 64GB Extreme Pro UHS-2 SDXC memory card save 10% with coupon code that's automatically applied in cart. You can check out the full list of SD card savings at BNH Photo. Next up, Fujifilm GFX100S is the name of the new GFX camera, suggesting no rangefinder style. Leaked specs recap. Fuji Rumors has shared the first rumors about a new Fujifilm GFX100 already back in October. Since then, we've shared several rumors, which you can read down below, all trusted, all sure, all confirmed. What we haven't shared so far is the name of the new Fujifilm GFX camera. Well, today we can tell you that it will be called the Fujifilm GFX100S. Please note that it will be called the 100S, not the GFX100R, which seems to indicate it will be a DSLR-styled and not rangefinder-styled camera. And of course, there's links to all their previous rumor articles about this new camera in this article, which you can find in the show notes for this episode and read them all for yourself. And last up from Fujifilm, Fuji guys explained Fujifilm camera remote app and how to fix connection issues, sort of. <laughs> the Fuji guys published a short video where they talk about the Fujifilm camera remote app. They say this video is for those who download the app for the first time or if you're having any issues with the app itself. The issues can happen, for example, if you updated your smartphone. In this case, the Fuji guys recommend to delete the app as well as to delete the pairing registration in your camera menu connection settings. Then download the Fujifilm camera remote app again and pair camera and smartphone again. When you try to transfer images on your phone, the camera might ask you to start up the Fujifilm camera remote app. If the camera does not connect to the smartphone, click change OK on the camera. Why is this, Francis says, quote, because if you use the camera on your iPad and on your iPhone, you need to change the registration for which device is going to be using it. Done that, click on join name of your camera Wi-Fi network and wait for the camera and phone to connect. In my experience, this works sometimes to get things going, but not always. Sometimes I can try whatever I want and it does not connect. Usually I fix it by getting a beer, waiting a while and try again. Sometimes that works. <laughs> anyway, thanks Fujifilm. We appreciate the effort in explaining the issue, but we do want to real, uh, but do you want to do something really cool? Well, then check out the Panasonic camera remote app and copy that one, one to one. Lots of things make me happy in the Fuji world. The app is certainly not one of them. And of course, there's a link to the Fuji guys video um, in this article so that you can check it out for yourself. All right. And now, last but not least for this week, we move on to Sony Alpha Rumors. First up, Alan White's hands-on review of the Sony E-mount Kip-on lenses. Alan White's tested the Kip-on E-mount lenses and writes, quote, Kip-on manual focus lenses are built far better than your typical kit lens and are capable of capturing photographs you can be proud of without breaking the bank. 
And uh, of course, I'll include this short article in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Next up, now $100 off on the excellent Sony 20mm f1.8 G Master. Or G lens, I'm sorry, it's not the G Master. Uh, this lens had a previous discount of $50, but now it's been increased to $100 at B&H Photo, Amazon, Adorama, and Focus Camera. Reminder, new deals on the excellent Tamron FE lenses sold by Adorama. The Tamron 70-180 f2.8 Di3 VXD lens for Sony with free $150 gift card is $1199. The Tamron 17-28 f2.8 Di3 RxD lens for the Sony E-mount with free $100 gift card is $849. The Tamron 28-200 f2.8-5.6 Di3 RxD lens for Sony E-mount with free $75 gift card is $729. And the Tamron 28-75 f2.8 Di3 RxD lens for Sony E-mount with free $75 gift card is at $799. Next up, the Tamron 17-70 f2.8e unboxing images by Feneo. Uh, I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Fengneo. <laughs> Pre-orders for the new Tamron 17-70 f2.8 are now open at B&H Photo Adorama Focus Camera in Europe at Calumet, Germany and Wex UK. Uh, Fenango uh, published a long set of unboxing pictures for the Tamron 17-70 f2.8e lens. Here are three of the images in this article. And of course, you can check it out for yourself in the show notes. Next up, up to $150 free gift card on Tamron FE lenses sold by Adorama. New deals on the excellent Tamron FE lenses sold by Adorama. Now, these are the same lenses I mentioned in the previous uh, two segments ago, so I'm not going to read them all off again, but you can get a, a upwards of $150 gift card. There's a $100 gift card and two $75 gift cards, and that is only when you buy from Adorama. Next up, save the date, Sony Digital Press Event at CES 2021. Tune in and watch online January 11th from 5 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern. There is a small chance that January 11th we might get the new A93 camera or whatever name it will have. I repeat, I still got no evidence it will be announced at the CES show other than trusted sources saying that it will come in early 2021. So my fingers are crossed. Press text, San Diego, December 9th, 2020. Uh, Sony headed into its landmark 50th year as an exhibitor at the Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, today announced its robust participation in the upcoming 2021 event. The company will showcase its innovations at this year's groundbreaking digital-only event to be held January 11th through 14th, 2021. Sony will take the main virtual stage and invite CES 2021 registered media to join the live press conference. Any member of the public can also view Sony's live press conference on Sony's digital event platform. Members of the media can access and download the company's CES-related resources and materials on both Sony and CTA's digital platforms. Press conference details. Uh, what is the Sony Digital Press event at CES 2021? When? Monday, January 11th, 5 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. 
put on by Sony Corporation executives, where details will be released for registered CES attendees soon. Interested members of the public will also be able to watch the live press conference and all can view Sony's latest resource and materials on the company's standalone event platform, which will debut shortly. So definitely some exciting news from Sony uh, coming up in CES 2021. And last up for this week, Sigma 24-70 f2.8 FE review at Optical Limits. Uh, Optical Limits reviewed the Sigma 24-70 f2.8 FE lens and concluded, quote, The Sigma 24-70 DGDN art shows many of the strengths and weaknesses of a fast standard zoom lens. Don't take this as something negative, it's just how it is. In real life, you can expect perfect sharp results across the image frame at medium aperture settings. At large apertures, the center is ultra sharp, specifically at the wide end, but the corners aren't stellar, which is something that you can usually forgive in shallow depth of field scenes. That's on high megapixel cameras. On a 24 megapixel camera, you won't really notice much softness at all. Image distortions as well as vignetting are heavy at 24 millimeters, but image autocorrection will take care of this mostly. Lateral CAs are quite low, whereas axle CAs are on the high side. A very positive surprise is the quality of the bokeh. Standard zoom lenses are rarely ideal in this respect, but the Sigma is as good as most prime lenses in that respect. Following Sigma's art line tradition, the build quality is excellent, the materials are top-notch, and there's no wobbling to worry about. The lens is also sealed against the elements, dust, and splash-proof. If anything to criticize, it's the extending zoom mechanism, but none of the manufacturers has managed to fix this aspect so far. The AF speed is pretty good, but remains a little short of the best in class. Needless to say, but the camera plays an important role in this respect as well. If you're in the market for a fast standard zoom lens, the Sigma 24-70 f2.8 DGDN Art probably qualifies as the most reasonable choice especially if you are targeting shallow depth of field photography and good quality bokeh, end quote. And that is it for Sony Alpha Rumors. That Sigma lens definitely sounds like something that people are going to get excited about. It is in stock at Adorama and B&H for $1,059. That's a savings of $40 for the holidays. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is named the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I have also opened it up to allow you to give the names of a previous guest on the show. Uh, which will also get you in and prove that you're a listener. Once you're in the group, you're free to post your own original work to the group. If you would like creative critique of your images, you can post them with the comment CC please, and myself or another pro in the group would be happy to give you some pointers. Now, I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the GFX 50R, you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions. The questions are, do you own or plan to own a GFX 50R and what style of photography do you shoot primarily? You can find my work at www.liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my project at www.forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com 
and the first book in the series, The Northwest Counties, is now available. All right, and that is going to wrap up this episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you might be listening to the show. And also remind you to check out the Aperture Assassin YouTube channel, as well as my Forgotten Pieces of Georgia YouTube channel. Now, the wife Tina and I will be headed to Raleigh this coming Tuesday the 14th for a week to stay with some friends there and look at homes in the area. And then we'll be headed up to New York and Pennsylvania for a couple of weeks for the holiday season. And while we are up there, I will be begin filming my Forgotten Pieces of Pennsylvania project, which is the next project in the Forgotten Pieces series. As I mentioned in the, in the end credits plugs here, you can pick up a copy of the first book, The Northwest Counties, at uh, Adirond, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Amazon, as well as BarnesandNoble.com, or you can go to the Liam Photography online store at LiamPhotography.net. Uh, if you go to my store, you can uh, pay a few dollars more and get a signed copy that I will ship out directly to you. If you go to the other two sources, you will get an unsigned copy for $5 cheaper. So that's up to you which way you want to go. Now, this Wednesday, I have my first interview on the first book with the Dade County Sentinel newspaper, uh, which will be a phone interview. And I did get permission from them to record the phone interview um, so that I can release it as a podcast episode. So that will probably be this coming Thursday's episode. So you'll definitely want to tune in to listen to that interview. All right. I will see you all again in another seven days. <laughs>